Hello and welcome everyone to a podcast episode of Video Analytics 101, where we are talking to industry leaders in the fields of AI uh, from research, but also from industry and talk about um, the technology, where it's going, what are trends and so on. Today, I'm super excited to have Jean-Francois Gagné with me. He is um, one of the people who are very deep in, in the AI field. He's an entrepreneur. He's um, a consultant right now and has shaped the AI field um, like few others, uh, specifically in Canada, but really globally. He uh, was one of the founders of Element AI, um, which was a big AI company in, in Canada and still is. And uh, GF can, um, can talk a little bit about this. So thank you, GF, for, for coming here and talking to us about this. This is really an honor, and it, I think it will be super interesting to our users. It's a pleasure to be here, Flaya. Cool. So um, maybe let's go back a little bit in the beginning and talk about how do you, did you get in, into this field, which I believe was before all this huge boom happened in AI. So how did you get into AI? Um... Science fiction books actually got me in. <laughs> uh, as a teenager, I was fascinated by the idea of robots and the potential that people in, in all sorts of ways uh, to, to, to support us around all sorts of tasks. And um, I, I was very just fascinated about it. And that's really what got me interested in the first place. Um, I've, I've always been very curious. So uh, I tried all sorts of things when when I was uh, a teenager and then my, my early adult years and um, uh, started to learn to program and, and, and got interested into robotics and, and, you know, studied a little bit on it. And, um, and then figured out that the best way for me was to, you know, get into it, uh, was to, to, to start to use what I've learned at that point and then try to, you know, package products and, 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 and sell it in the market. So, so um, did, you, did you teach yourself um, this stuff from coming from robotics or how it's did a that mix work? Of, uh, I did a little bit of uh, some classes. Uh, but then a lot of uh, self-learning and then, you know, just through collaboration with friends. And cool. then after that, you know, just executing on projects and starting to build products, like just, you know, got me to, to improve consistently. I, uh, I can really resonate to that. I, something similar happened to me like 18 years ago or so where we also were playing around back then with computer vision. And we had the feeling that in academia, people always try to make it more accurate and get better and better and better, but nobody was using it. So we're all, we were also saying, okay, come on, let's, let's just do something. It might not be 100% perfect in the beginning, but at least somebody can use the technology. Something yeah, and there's, there's a huge sense of satisfaction. I think, oh, yeah. you know, given the nature of this technology, I've always been uh, staying very close to the research side of things. Because there's been so many pro so much progress, so uh, you know over the years to keep your edge, like doing a lot of technology transfer and staying close to research has always been one of my my, my key to success. Um, but uh, yeah, there's that satisfaction of building something, implementing it, and then seeing it work, seeing it you know have an impact in real life. 
has always been like a thrill of mine. Yes, <laughs> holding in hand the first customer PO is uh, is a magical thing. <laughs> it's sometimes painful, but always very satisfying when it works. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, thinking, wow, somebody's paying me for what I'm doing. Amazing, yeah. it must be cool. Um, okay, so but um, for those people who don't know what Element AI is, maybe you can quickly describe uh, what it is, what did you do, and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, so it was my my third startup. So uh, what I was talking about uh, was around my first company, uh, where you know, the bulk of the work we've done was actually to yeah use advanced techniques uh, around machine learning and some operation research, and then we've implemented it uh, often mostly custom implementations mm -hmm. um, and um, I sold um, uh, my participation in that business in 2007 to create a, a second company that was a mm -hmm. software as a service product focused around uh, yes AI technology broadly speaking but uh, at solving the problem of uh, planning schedule and organizing uh, people schedule uh, in the service industry that was my second business mm -hmm. um, Exited. So Element AI was my third one, and um, uh, it was a it, it was an interesting uh, timing for us, uh, where in the market back then, like I think 2015, uh, we were seeing a lot of progress. Uh, felt a little bit like uh, what we're seeing today around mm -hmm. generative AI, uh, probably a bit less. Um, uh, intense than what we're we're seeing today because I think today it's a it's a lot of excitement around the cost of deployment and we can talk about that later but about the the barrier to entry really lowering back then it was more of an excitement of oh wow there's a lot of stuff that can be done with this technology that we never thought possible mm -hmm. and that opens up a lot of possibility now. A lot of the work was being done and directed. The research and uh, the, the applied work was directed towards consumer tech in general. So a lot around advertisements and, and, and targeting, mm -hmm. recommendation system, et cetera. Um, and not a lot was actually done towards the enterprise. So broadly speaking, more boring tech, but uh, you know, stuff that enterprise would need. And the thesis for Element AI was to, to build uh, and create an organization that would have a um, similar type of capacity as a lot of the you know, big labs directed towards you know, consumer tech, uh, but directed towards enterprise tech. Mm -hmm. And, and that, was, that was essentially the vision for, for Element AI. Uh, we put that together, uh, myself, uh, my, my, my co-founder, Nicolas Chapado, Joshua uh, Bengio, Philippe Baudouin, uh, and Martin. So there was, a, there was a few of us coming together to, uh, to create the business. And, um, and, and basically, you know, uh, went out and offered it to the market. And, and the response was, uh, was quite overwhelming. So, uh, I mean... Can you give one example what it would mean? I would imagine putting AI in ERP systems or so, maybe recommending new customers to the sales team. Like, what are examples of what, what it did? So, I mean, the interesting story here is um, I was saying that we got an overwhelming response. I think uh, 
there's many facets to it. So at first it's it's there was a 2015, 2016 organizations were still extremely immature in understanding what does what does it meant for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were the the opportunities? And um, a lot of uh, a lot of the work was about just figuring out what what was possible for them to actually go on. And by mm-hmm. possible, I mean the to the contrary of what we're seeing right now with a lot of the foundation model now reaching critical point in terms of uh, capacity, either it's for from language or, or like different types and and being relatively easy to deploy, not too costly to deploy before they drive value. Back then, what we discovered was that, yes, we could achieve high degree of accuracy of performance around some certain tasks, but the work to do to get the data right, to get the data pipeline in a mm-hmm. good place, to put in place the right governance and everything was extremely costly. And often a lot of the infrastructure that you would need to do the calculation, to train the models, to deploy, like to get capture the data uh, was missing. So mm-hmm. our realization was early days, hey, like we can do a lot of proof of concepts. And when it gets to roll this out at an industrial level at scale, uh, like 90% of the work we got to do has nothing to do with AI. Yeah, and that was like one of the first early realizations. So we ended up doing a lot of that type of work, slowing down a lot of the fancy stuff we were hoping to be able to do. And only later on, like a few years later, we've managed to come up with pure AI products that were like flashy and interesting. So I mean, yeah, some of the stuff we 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 we've done uh, over these years um, were like the you know deal with all sorts of documents mm-hmm. uh, think of all the paper that's still in, in so many organizations and it's still true today and and provide a seamless experience and how you can uh, automate or augment the work of absorbing all of that information and then driving decision on the other end so you know, I- one of the product we ended up building was around the whole automation around documents okay I, I just want to echo your point around um, you need so much infrastructure around the AI itself. That's that's also my personal experience in computer vision, where in the beginning we thought, okay, we just put all the computer vision PhDs in the room and there will be a product at the other end. That's not the way it works. And what we see is you need at least for every computer vision guy, you need at least two full stack devs, rather three or four in order to productize this. So in en- eventually, in order to create an AI product, you don't need so many AI people, but you need a lot of people to make this actually work. No, it's true. And, and it's still true that, by the way, like for, for, for lots of use cases, a lot of situation, it, it's still the same uh, today. Um, yet foundation models are, are changing the, the game a little yeah. bit. Uh, and that's very exciting. Uh, so uh, the return on investment equation is, is, is shifting these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we'll see uh, way more adoption than we've seen in the last five years uh, in the next year or two. So that's, that's very, very exciting. But uh, you know, for so many other 
use cases, like it's still it's still the reality. Like you're gonna spend an awful amount of time getting yeah. your infrastructure in place. And uh, and and sometimes every project is a project. Like, yeah. uh, to yeah. commoditize yeah. this is not so easy. I don't know. But there's hope. Um, I mean, what, yeah. what we're what we're seeing for a language, um, there should be ways to to create similar types of uh, um, models applied to different uh, other problem space. Uh, mm. So I, I'm quite hopeful to 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 see all of this, uh, you know, evolve in in the right direction, and and to see this technology being able to have more and more impact. Maybe one one question around the founding of Element AI. Yashua uh, Bangio, obviously super famous, considered one of the godfathers of AI. How did you meet, and how did you how did that work? We connected first in two thousand and three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so uh, part of my first company, I uh, was looking for uh, mm -hmm. uh, people to help me uh, do uh, all sorts of forecasting tasks for some of my customers mm -hmm. and uh, ran into uh, Joshua and, and, um, and also uh, Nicolas Chapado. So both of them mm -hmm. were, were co-founder also in, in Element AI. They, they had a business together, uh, Nicolas and Joshua. Um, so to do technology transfer from Yashua's lab, uh, into the, into the market. So I, that's how I, I started to collaborate with them. And, uh, since then, like it's been, uh, active collaboration and, and now, I mean, it's a friendship and beyond, but like point is that's how, that's how we connected a, a while ago. That was way before neural network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, of of course, it's super in, in regards to what you said about keeping up with the research, because what he's doing in his lab for sure is at the forefront of what's happening nowadays. Yeah, I mean, we've been a lot of the, the apply work I've done has been limited by just the capacity of the technology. Yeah. So, and as it's been expanding, like my, my playground's been expanding. So <laughs> I, 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 I broke free from... Uh, <laughs> old quite narrow use cases of like routing vehicles and trying to predict demand for sales and in different stores and like some some very uh you know simplest uh, simplistic task to like very sophisticated one uh, of like uh, making like root cause analysis and generating uh potential uh um you know, solutions for, uh, for problems in manufacturing out of like data and text and then like, so like very fancy uh, type of products. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the, uh, the whole large language model boom will change the game completely. What I wanted to ask you, did, did this surprise you that this came now, uh, chat GPT and GPT-4 was the as surprising as for the general public, or were you expecting this anyway? Uh, I mean, uh, I think we all got caught by surprise, and it, it, it we started to all feel it. I'd say in the field, some some point last summer, last, certainly last fall, like there was something that was happening. We were hitting mm. on something different and uh, i think uh, everyone 
got surprised by the emergence of a lot of abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's really what's the the news here. It's that hey, we've hit some threshold of quality of uh, the tokens we're training on and and understanding of current architecture paradigm and and some scale and then that is actually enough to see certain quite advanced properties emerge and and it's 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 then like we all have that same thought process of hey okay then this is just not that much more than what we were doing a year ago what about the same amount next year what is going to emerge and something will or will not and what is it going to be and and do we understand why this emerged the answer is like we don't know the concept of the concept of emergence that something is suddenly happening there that was unexpected is I think this is part of this, the magic, the magic component. It's it feels like oh my god, something's happening that's not supposed to be there, but it still is. Yes, and and it's and and it's 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 true for good behaviors, but it can also be true for behaviors that are undesirable. So it's yeah. true for desirable behaviors, but uh, it could be also true for undesirable behaviors. And I think a lot of the calls, letters, and a lot of the stuff that we see now coming out I think is quite appropriate, which means that, hey, like let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves and make sure we do our own work of figuring out, you know, how is this happening and why is this happening? And and did you, uh, uh, did you sign the letter? I've I've, uh, I've I've been part of a lot of these groups. So so yeah. but I'm 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 behind these letters. Uh, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I think uh, some of them were specific and created to probably bring attention to them more than to be necessarily a realistic yeah. uh, outcome. Uh, research, okay, like not sure, uh, but uh, realistic, realistically speaking, I think the the spirit behind it is. Uh, is uh, absolutely found, uh, founded and grounded in in, in, in in a good rationale, which is to, hey, like we just can't stop, we we can't just keep going uh, without building that better understanding of how mm-hmm. uh, how these things works and why are we seeing emergence of uh, certain properties and getting better at predicting and understanding. Uh, and controlling these uh, emergent properties uh, around the models, and 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 one thing I can tell you, and it, it's been true, like the there's a there's a direct link um, whenever you're you're building a model between your ability to understand uh, the increase in performance, accuracy, and and how a model fail, and the ability to then improve them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, um the uh all of that effort is not wasted there's actually i think an economical uh rational that is sound to put a lot of energy into 
making sure we understand what we currently have and just doing that will translate into better performance anyway. And I think that just going bigger, more scale, and just going continue to run blind would be more detrimental, create more risk. And yes, maybe you would have like another set of property that emerge, but it's just kind of playing roulette. Yeah. Because you don't know. I, so. But um, when you, I mean, there are many, many podcasts of uh, people talking about this. Um, my feeling in general is that everybody seems to agree that this is an issue and we need to do something about it. Maybe they don't agree so much exactly how and how much. But when I listen to podcasts of Sam Altman, I do have the yeah. feeling that they they talk about this in OpenAI and they have things in place to make sure um, and so on. And I guess you can always talk, should it be more, should it be less? But I have the feeling that everyone in the industry somehow has a feeling of we need to do something. Yes. And and I mean, there's, there's a beginning of a movement to, to invest more time and energy into this. Um, the uh, we'll have to see the competitive pressures are still there. I mean, if you listen to you know different people who in the field who are quite vocal, um, who, who think it's good, like the 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 expose that the shareholder pressure and the, the competitive dynamics, the game theory aspect of, of, of this dynamics will force everybody to just keep going faster, keep going bigger and 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 just run in that direction. Uh, I think this is what um, um what Max Tagmark always refers to as the mock. Yeah. yeah, the mock, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that that I was thinking about him. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so uh, correct. Um and 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 it's you can't deny that that's not at, at play. Yeah. Yet, uh, what we we can certainly do is to 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 motivate and 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 bring enough people's attention towards dissecting and 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 trying to get to the to the bottom of how is this happening, and uh, and, and I think that's the that's the right call, like to, mm -hmm. to invest significant money. So you know on on. From my perspective, um, it's the I've always been um, a huge proponent of, of of transparency. So first, and then we're getting we're getting some transparency here, not all of it, but some, uh, and then education, making mm -hmm. sure people understand what are these risks, and when we're doing that by talking about it, uh, and then it's 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 to to focus on the right next steps and the right next steps is, you know, calling stop and, and going, uh, you know, against the, against the competitive dynamics is, a, I think it's a tough proposition, but to mm -hmm. actually invest support and having governments and, and academic institutions and, and like whatever organization has, ability time resources to devote and then and, and focus these resources towards you know growing our understanding and 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 making sure we 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 have control and and then drive alignment mm -hmm. I think is the is the right path uh, around the tech. 
And, uh, and it's not something that will magically happen. It's something we need to consciously decide to focus on. I, um, I found, uh, uh, I found your, uh, I think LinkedIn blog post from a few years ago where you already talked about this. Um, and we'll get into this in a second, but, um, are there any, um, best practices or so that you, uh, that you have from your days in element AI on how companies can actually implement this? Is there like a, a checklist, a set of principles, a processes that you can implement? Um, so, I mean, this is, this is, this has been true for, for, for all systems, like all models. We talk about large language models now because yeah, the, the emergence of these capabilities, um, where there's science that needs to be done to figure out exactly how to, to, to be on top of these ones. Mm -hmm. Um, still, yeah, there's, there's frameworks. Um, so, uh, I, I suppose you're you're referring to my governance framework. Uh, um, around, yes, I believe that oh, yeah, I, this. Uh, that I've published uh, yeah a while ago. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the, the the there's a that direct link I was talking about, and and then really this is something that as you're thinking about deploying models at scale in 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 any organization or in any product. Uh, there's a there's a lot of things that you'll want to put around them, and to to mm -hmm. be able to understand how they behave and how they react to uh, to situations, um, you'll want to make sure that the you know you you've got a, a good understanding of what can they do, what's the envelope of their their performance, uh, their accuracy, how precise are they, where mm -hmm. they fail, um, and uh, to monitor that. Basically, you, you, need, you need to think about your, your, your governance envelope as a, you know, like unit test for software. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got to put that in place and, 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 and keep the, your finger on the pulse uh, at all time as an organization. Because a lot of these systems will evolve and, and will, as, as you provide them more data, you retrain them. Every single time you need to understand how this evolves. So yeah. uh, if your self-driving car software uh, struggles to deal with light refraction when uh, it goes into the snow, uh, you want to basically characterize that and make sure that at that point you end over driving to the driver, as an example. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's the same thing for, for a lot of these models. Uh, understanding I, I think where for, they break, why they break, how they break, and, and what can they do, what level of accuracy you get, what confidence you have in, in whatever task you're, you're asking them to do, and then decide how to manage each situation. Yeah, uh, and I believe how do you manage it also depends heavily on your application and the criticality of it. A self-driving car probably a little bit more critical than, I don't know, counting people at an entrance where you don't care if you miss one, but you do not want to have the self-driving car not being accurate. Uh, and the same thing with, yeah, with explainability, I guess, where um, it, the, more, the more critical the task is, the more important the explainability gets and, and the other things and bias and so on. But yeah, I completely agree. I mean, any kind of application needs this, what you call envelope 
um, and uh, probably be implemented, I would say, as a gating process in your release cycle. So the last or one of the checks before you release something, all the principles has to have to be checked first, right? So the nuance is when you get with bigger models is to guarantee alignment mm -hmm. between your objective and the model objective. Because it gets very large, very messy, and complicated. Mm -hmm. So the way you can express your goal can be understand different ways by these very large models. And that's really where you see a, quite of a distinction between narrow AI, so AI that is really centered around very simple task, like I'm, I'm trying to predict, I'm trying to recognize like uh, the, the, the speed limit mm -hmm. in, in a certain zone. That's a narrow model versus something like get me to a location safely and quickly. That's vague. How do you yeah. ensure that what you have in mind in terms of goal is aligned with what the model will deliver to you? And then in this in 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 the that space, that envelope of of risk and probability of doing it, uh, are you comfortable with the model getting you a slightly faster, but then like taking more risk at a intersection, yeah. or not? And uh, you know like uh, and and this is where like the bigger the model, the more sophisticated it is, the more that alignment problem becomes an issue. And then the more power you give to that model, the more it's important that this alignment is correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so this is the dilemma. And that dilemma is a continuum, right? It's not something that you'll say, oh, it's at this size or this types of problem. This, this requires like, you know, a thoughtful analysis. Mm -hmm. Situation and, and, and then basically, you know, you as an individual or as an organization scoring, hey, like, do we think that the consequences of a misalignment here are, are very severe or not? And then can we actually box this system and then put like validations or hard constraints around it? Yeah. So that even if the objective is not perfectly aligned, like we'll basically correct it elsewhere at a different step or not. And then, so all of this is part of that design. So, you know, the, there's the, the, the overall governance of models and how they use, and then there's that, you know, that governance of like a single step or a single task in the model. Mm -hmm. and, and then you got to take these, use these different lenses as you're, as you're implementing the technology and you're thinking about it. You, um, you mentioned narrow AI. And for, for a while, at least me, I was basically saying oh, we, on, we can only do narrow AI like five years ago or so. And it was always narrow AI versus artificial general intelligence, mm -hmm. which begs the question, is it AGI now or is it like a step in between um, on the way there? Uh, I think we're finally seeing uh, the beginning of a path towards it. Mm. Um, I think. Uh, um, and and. You know, I was, uh, if you listen to, to, to Hinton or, or to Yashua, I think that what's fascinating is when you compare to human intelligence, you look at the, 
ability and the efficiency of a lot of uh, the algorithms we, we now have access to to compress knowledge and compress uh, information that is way better than mm. the brain we have. And you look at the emergence of certain uh, abilities that are that are that are happening at very small size of model and uh, compared to the human brain yeah and, and we've always been like oh like agi we don't know maybe it's like that far away because like look at the neurons in the brain look at animals like look at this look at that and uh, i think what we're starting to realize empirically is that hey like Maybe we don't think their current algorithms or architecture are that sophisticated, but like they actually work and maybe they work better than the human brain. And maybe we don't need such a large neural net to, to get to more general intelligence. And, and I, I think it's part of the, 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 the debate and the fears and all the emotions we have right now, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, like, oh, maybe we do have a path that is a shorter path than what we were thinking. Because we were like, oh, we're 10 years, 15 years away from having a computer with as many neurons as the brain. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know what's the number, but if the neurons we use, the artificial ones and the algorithms we have compress information better and are faster to, to, to iterate and you actually need five times less, I don't know, two times less or 10 times less, well, maybe that frontier is is one or two generation away from current models. Yeah. And then, and then what what do we do? If we <laughs> if, if we've not solved all I, the I, things we 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 figured out, we we, we just discussed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that surprised why this whole development of AI surprises me is because I've experienced so many times in other fields of technology that you have a certain revolution, you have a, one big paper and then you have a boom and everybody is extrapolating this um the same um, advancements into the future and is saying oh my god if you can this this way in two years we'll have this and very often what happens is it doesn't happen it there there's a plateau and it flattens out and it doesn't progress the same way it does um but with ai it, it's the opposite it's exponential I, I would have thought that we have reached pretty much what we can do and then there will be a five seven years research thing and then there's another boom or so but it's continuing and continuing and I don't know. I, in my personal experience, I haven't seen that before, that it always continues to improve and get better. And obviously, there's the same question now with large language models. Are we two generations away or not? Who knows? I mean, better, better models right now are giving us better tokens. Mm. Better tokens will get us better models. And then, therefore, you can train smaller models to perform as well as the prior very large ones because you've curated and you've cre you've created better content for them and to in learn reality i mean we need to spend so much time on making smaller models best better as well because it's really hard for research to work if you have to spend a billion dollars to train your model it just doesn't work and, and you're getting you're getting better architecture from a hardware perspective you know, with the latest release and uh, on the hardware chip side. And that will yield better models, bigger models. So you have like all these self-reinforcing 
uh, feedback loops right now that are all contributing to accelerating this this field. Yeah. And uh, and and as you compress better information and 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 less, and then you share this prior acquired knowledge to the next model, and then you expand their ability to take on new tasks. I mean, you get you get that kind of acceleration, and you know now like everything you can do around language, and then the translation from language to image, mm -hmm. understanding a scene, understanding you know uh, information that comes from from the visual field, uh, and then you add other data modality. These models then are going to start to create better uh, better world understanding. And then if and then I mean like the the, the 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 next steps are quite obvious. Like you, if you have models that have this better world understanding, why why couldn't you create tokens that are a better training set for world understanding for the next generation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like the just the 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 it's like you know we needed better tools to be able to work at you know. Uh, with microscopes to work at a smaller scale and be more accurate. And as you've been able to do that, then you could build better microscopes and and then like we could then work at a smaller scale and, and same thing with laser and, and like all all these technologies. It's the same thing with intelligence. And uh, since you mentioned video, that's obviously super interesting for for the security field. If you can make this work. I, I, I believe today Will be still difficult and very expensive, but for sure it's going in this direction. Well, and yeah, and, and scene understanding. You you go very fast. You, you you can see like some of the demos that I think Nvidia published recently mm -hmm. um, around manipulating videos and and then creating generating videos. Um, so uh, I think there's some work still to be done around uh, figuring out the right user interface. And how to interact and then manipulate information, but it's just a matter of time at this point. It's not a matter of like, is it possible? It's just a matter of time. I think uh, we're we're on that path. So, uh, how long do you think it will take until we have Hollywood movies made by AI? Ah, uh, I don't know if we'll like a comparable quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my guess would be stuff. that we're five years away from that. Mm. That's my guess. I feel like there's still a lot to be done if I look at the demos. It's very impressive by itself, but if you compare it to a real movie, it's still far away. Correct. But uh, never forget that this is a collection of parallel trends that are all like individually improving. Yeah. You know, telling a story, the narrative, uh, like the, 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 the mimicking of a uh, Humans' emotion and uh, the like, all the, the the subtleties around different situations, like all of these things, are being worked in parallel. Mm. So you get compounding benefits. Um, so and then connecting the dots between models used to be something that required quite a bit of work. And if you look at one of the big advances we've got around like code generation and everything. Uh, is that sharing information between systems now is becoming ubiquitous, mm -hmm. very easy. The barrier to to connect APIs, to connect systems, to to share like to 
translate information between one format to the other one, the cost of doing that is plummeting. So, and this has not been expressed and fully fully seen in, in all the systems and everything that we we use, but over the next 12 months, that be just that's going to be an explosion in, in, in value that we're going to be getting from, yeah. from, from all system. Like the era of like reconverting data and and then filling missing data and course correcting and everything where it was painful and, and a lot of work, that's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure before we run out of time that we talk about um, the European AI Act. I believe you were somewhat involved in the beginning. So um, I've been part of the high-level expert group on AI. I represented mm-hmm. Canada uh, okay. as a help uh, to uh, their European Commission. Uh, and I've, uh, I've been part of uh, creating all the early reports uh, on providing all the guidelines uh, around uh, around artificial intelligence and, and how could it be trustworthy uh, for society um, and it's been a, yeah it was it lasted over almost two years uh, spending uh, going to to, to, to Belgium uh, every month I think for, wow. for two years okay. <laughs> um, so quite a quite of a commitment on my side but I, I, mm-hmm. I thought that the timing was right back then. Uh, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, 2020, uh, to, to, and, to do that work. I think it's been a good contribution. And then from there, yeah, the, the European started to work on uh, creating the AI Act. Uh, based on and the you work still think it, it's relevant, know. I guess? There's a lot of good in there. I think, um, unfortunately, like a lot of these things, sometimes the politics get involved. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so we'll have to see where, where, what, what lands, and, and how is this uh, created? I think uh, uh, some of the latest addition that are being tried to be pushed in are rushed, and then uh, I think uh, I would advise for caution, like the the fines or. The fines, but also a lot of the regulation around the large language models, for instance, and generated mm. AI. I think yeah, fear or political agendas are coming in the way of doing the right thing. But that's just yeah, an impression from a distance, honestly. Yeah, since uh, after uh, you know, I, I I sold Element AI. I worked for a year for the acquire service now, mm. and uh, I've been. You know, taking a little bit of a, a break uh, <laughs> for the last twelve months, so uh, I've I've not been part of active conversations. I want to be careful, uh, more of a um, uh, educated spectator, let's say, at this point of like I don't know what the, the the details are on all of that stuff, but from a distance, this is kind of my opinion. I think uh, uh, we should be careful and release something that is a. Uh, uh, a good first step instead of trying to cover everything like it yeah and uh, espe- yeah what what i'm also wondering is well first it's a balance between doing the right thing and also um hampering innovation i mean yeah. you, have, you have to consider this in europe as well especially if other countries are not doing it um that's one thing and the other thing is if you if you keep adding stuff every time there's a new chat gpt you will never be done they're working on this now for 3 years 
in a field that's so rapidly evolving. I mean, they will never catch up if they don't like release it at one point. No, uh, 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 yes, and the the uh, I think that one of the thing that was out of uh, the the guidelines we we provided is to showcase that a lot of the anchors already exist in bodies of laws that are already in mm-hmm. place around around uh, you know making sure that people are not manipulated. There's a lot of laws around that. Making sure that uh, you know there's transparency and you understand what you're buying and what you're buying is what you're being the was being delivered to you. There, there's a lot of let's say fundamental rights and 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 pieces of the law that is there already that needs to just be connected and and applied to this field mm-hmm. uh, of AI, generally speaking. So ChatGPT should not manipulate you period yeah. or any other models should not be there trying to manipulate you period um so uh, you don't need that you know you need to just create the right envelope so it's not too uh, onerous for you to get you to, to get this to be uh, enforced but uh the the like you gotta be careful yes to not hinder uh, to not hinder uh, sorry innovation and 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 then create uh, create a disadvantage for European organizations when it gets yeah. to, to go out, innovate, compete, and then drive drive value for 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 people. Because there's like we talk about this, and of course we want to make sure we cover for the risk, but uh, the the benefits are are incredible. The, yeah, the gains yeah, and everything that people can get from this. It's just incredible, and for anyone who's tried these systems and learn how to prompt them properly, uh, I'm sure that you've all discovered that uh, the the potential and and the time that it can save you, the increased understanding it can provide you around certain questions, nuances, and to understand certain phenomena, like it's 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 not something we've had access before ever. We, we were depending on someone writing the exact blog for our question on a website that Google can crawl and point you to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so stupid, right? actually. And now we have systems that can, you know, digest a lot of that information and then yeah. provide a crafted, personalized answer to the right perspective that you're trying to look for, and then hopefully can provide you the source and and everything so that you you make sure they're not hallucinating. But uh, but that's, uh, I think it's a huge, huge, huge uh, I, I think this is, a, this is a great note to finish um, because yes, we need to do the right thing. We need to do it properly, but it it's, can be such a force for good. It could be a revolution for humankind. And I think this is why we are all in this field because like this excitement is there and I can feel the excitement with you. <laughs> no, it is, it is great. Uh, and it is it, it is a field that kept keeps on giving, like uh, like I don't think uh, any other. So I I feel very blessed to be able to to be part of uh, this and and to still be to still be uh, writing this. It, it's well, um, amazing. I'll I'll be looking forward to what you do next and uh, w- what next you will uh, disrupt. Um, thank you for joining GF. This has been super interesting. We unfortunately ran out of time. Uh, thanks you, thank you for joining. And again, um, I will look forward to seeing you um, revolutionize this field further. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Flora.